but to be able to, what makes me happy is to be able to share this and to look into the eyes of the audience or to hear afterward um, how they were touched or what it meant to them or helping them remember their own childhood, um, a sense of um, dignity to their own culture. Because uh, one of the stories that I tell is about the medicine wheel colors. It's a Plains Indian story of red, black, yellow, and white, which are the color called medicine colors. And each one represents the race of the nation, red man, black man, yellow man, and white man, from which all races evolve from. Um, so that's an incredible story that I've taken all around the world to all ages and all audiences. And I also teach a, a beautiful song called Keepers of the Earth that I wrote that actually is a music video now that PBS 12 in Denver produced that you can see on YouTube or, or, my, or my website. So I would have to say, Let's you know, the after- here. Let's okay. take a moment here and just mention your website, which okay. is? Redfeatherwoman.com. Which is? Redfeatherwoman.com. Redfeatherwoman.com. Okay, wonderful. All right, so then you were saying that this story. I'm sorry, did I interrupt you? Um, yeah, but I don't remember what I was saying. <laughs> I agree. That's what I asked. I understand that the medicine wheel colors with the story, and then you had a song that you wrote. And how I was just wondering how that song and that particular story of the medicine wheel colors affects your audiences. Does it uplift them? Do they do they touch? Yes. Does it touch their heart in a way that brings everybody together? Yes, absolutely. Because it it helps us to remember what's going on in the earth today, on the earth today with the pollution. And because the story was inspired by an elder that I was able to uh, listen to in a national conference for the American Indian Science and Engineering Society. While I was in college at Texas Mm A&M University, I was able to travel um, for these leadership conferences and national conferences for ACES, American Indian Science and Engineering Society. And I was inspired Mm -hmm. by watching an elder talk about how they were damming the rivers. Now, this was in the early uh, early 90s, um, and how they were deforesting uh, the forest and not replenishing, and he cried at the podium, and he said it was up to the youth to make a difference um, because we were keepers of the earth. And so I was inspired by this simple tune, and, you know, it's interesting how these things evolve that take a life of their own, that I never intended this to be like a trademark for me, that I would be able to share this throughout the world. And what happens when the audience sing it? I mean, it, it, it varies, of course. Some audiences will sing, some don't. The children usually do. Um, and sometimes they don't. It's based on how many's in the audience and what's going on around. But the essence of, this, of the song talks about the, the, the birds, um, the fish, um, and this elder crying um, and looking at, to the youth to make a difference, and that we were all keepers of the earth, and the audience will sing a chorus. So what it does, it, it, I've had, you know, children say that they cried because it was sad, because the birds, you know, couldn't, mm-hmm. you know, had to deal with the pollution, and then others are uplifted because they realize that, you know, they can make a difference. Maybe not 
you know, because we can't really, one person can save the world, but many people with the, the lift of consciousness, of awareness of who we are as human beings can, can make a difference. And so I, I believe that my happiness comes from being able to do this, you know, because I left corporate America in 1997 to pursue the arts. And who does that at 40 years old, you know, three degrees later and four children. Oh. And one. <laughs> so that's inspiring. that's inspiring because you're following your heart. You're following your yes. dreams. You're following your passions. And yes. this is inspiring to our listeners. So tell us how that, how that came about. Well, basically. You left corporate America. And, right. Mm-hmm. I left, I, well, to back up just a few inches here, uh, <laughs> I uprooted from yes. College Station, uh, Texas A&M University, uh, in 1995 upon graduating in August, and uh, I was able to sell my home there and then move to Louisville, Colorado. My whole my mm-hmm. whole purpose was to be able to go to CU Law School. I planned on being a lawyer and studying Indian law or tribal law, uh, understand, you mm-hmm. know, everything, and that a great uh, mind that was their professor was uh, Vine Deloria Jr., a brilliant mind in Indian countries, written a lot of uh, papers and treaty. Uh, well, with Would the you say his name again? His name? Vine. Could you say his v- name again? Sure. Vine, V I N E, Deloria Jr. He was a professor at the law. Mm-hmm. Uh, law school at CU, and I was inspired by him and the facts, uh, some of the things that I had taken on myself while at the university that really, I really felt like this is what I was supposed to do, and everything flowed for me to move and move to Louisville, and then after I got here, after I got to Colorado, I realized that CU was one of the toughest law schools to get into. And not because it's Mm -hmm. the best, but it's because it's Boulder, Colorado, lots of fun places in Colorado Mm -hmm. for students. (laughs) But you have 180 Mm -hmm. seats Mm -hmm. open for the law school and and you have 2,000 applications. That's tremendous and very, very hard to get in. So with that, I realized I didn't know if I was going to do that after I got here. And I was very – I had to go to work, so I went to work for IBM. Um. And you know, to support my family, and um, I was mm-hmm. very, very, un- very unhappy there, extremely unhappy. Um, and mm. my old, my oldest daughter, it must have been a year into this. My oldest daughter, who lives in Austin, Texas now, um, mm-hmm. was was uh, approached by an Asian. She was Korean, I believe. And to me, she was a medicine woman. She was very psychic. She was very in tune. Um, she had a nail nail parlor in Boulder at that time, and my daughter would get her nails done. And this woman saw her in the mall and pulled her in and told her that she had to talk to me about, she had to talk to her about me, her mother. And my daughter was like floored, like, oh, my gosh, what? And she said, I've had visions of your mother, and you need to listen, and you need to tell her. Join Sandra M. for her live performance of the Celebrate Happiness Roadshow, a toast to love and happiness in life, an uninhibited musical adventure guaranteed to awaken your happiness vibe. Celebrate with upbeat rhythms, love songs, and fun stories, some told by you in the audience. 
Sandra's musical guest and accompanist, Todd Lowry, sings his hopeful and happy originals. To book Sandra M. and the Celebrate Happiness Roadshow, email Sandra at SandraMcKnight.com. Celebrate happiness with Sandra M. And this preceded oh. readings for several several weeks. I would get a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But this woman knew things about me that no one knew. There's no way. And she also told her I was very, very unhappy, that I was not living my path. Mm-hmm. So I looked at Misty. It was my daughter's, is my daughter's name. And what do you mean? And she goes, well, she said, you're supposed to do what you did in Texas. Well, this floored me. It was like, what? Texas? What? Go back to school? Oh, my gosh. No. And she goes, no, Mom. What did you do while you were at school? And then I remembered. I started the first Native uh-huh. American, or not myself, but co-founded the Native American Student Association there and ACES chapter. And we had a drum group. Uh-huh. We had dancers. We had me. And we gigged all over Bryant College Station telling these stories. And I was playing all the music and educating. And she said, you're supposed to be, you're supposed to do this. This is your path, that you have stories to tell and write and music to help heal the world, help heal the earth, help heal people of all colors. And I just, I was just kind of floored. I really was. I had to think about it, like, oh, my gosh. And she said that she started telling me how long it was going to take. She said that who I would meet. That uh, there would be difficulties, uh-huh. but eventually I would be successful and I would cross over into the mainstream sector. I would go into writing um, in the media for televisions and stories. And that's kind of where I'm at now. But to back up, um, I had a little money put back, and I, but I didn't uh-huh. know anyone in, uh, in the music business. So the short story is I took the plunge, and on January 20, I mean, June 26, 1997, uh-huh. I left corporate America to pursue mm-hmm. the arts. And then um, it took about six years um, to finish the first album after losing $20,000 and a year and a half worth of work. I, I had to put it down mm-hmm. because I, I thought, this is not my path. Why am I such a fool? Why did I listen to uh, the spirits? Why did I listen to this? It, and I remember demanding to from to the creator and to my spirit helpers to... They needed to do something right then, like that day, because I was going to have to go to work at a real job, which I could, but I was heartbroken because uh-huh. I had uh-huh. lost I had uh-huh. lost all my savings and lost all, a year and a half worth of work in a studio. Um, it was uh-huh. just devastating. And the very that very day, and I remember crying in my meditation and, and pleading, and then I had to let it go, uh-huh. and I went back to work. And while I was at work, I was working a temp job, I called home to check my mm-hmm. voicemail, and I had seemed, received a message from a woman who had seen me do a little bit of a story and a song at a national conference, a leadership conference, several years ago, and remembered me saying that mm-hmm. I was going to do an album. Well, I remember that, that time that she saw me, but I, I think I said, well, I, I might someday do an album. I never really was committed to it because I was going to be a lawyer, right? <laughs> 
but this is what she remembers. So she she calls me up and yes. she tells me, she goes, have you finished your album yet? And I said, no, not yet. She goes, and I didn't dare, dare tell her the, the adventure I had with all that, but I said, no, not yet. She mm-hmm. goes, well, they've made me the uh, director for the 25th Annual Symposium for the Iowa State uh, Art uh, Native American Symposium here in Iowa, and I would like for you to headline our concert that night. And I just sat oh. there like, oh, my gosh. And she told me she paid me a very good honorarium and told me they'd pay all my travel, and it was about six or seven months out, gave me plenty of time to prepare. And I was just elated, and I hung up the phone, and I immediately gave gave thanks to my creator and to my helpers because that very day I had pleaded and demanded that something happen right then or I would leave uh-huh. and go up, go about a different path. So I never really I never really um um doubted after that. I mean, I've had some pretty hard times as an artist, it's feast or famine at times and, you know, having to work temp jobs and make mm-hmm. ends meet. But mm-hmm. the the universe is supporting what I do and I'm still doing this. Here it is, you know. Um Many, many years later, four albums, two awards, international, uh, and now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm actually going to the Smithsonian in New York City next week. Actually, I think it's next week or the week after that for um, a storytelling performance there with another storyteller. So my world is, has uh, expanded, and I seem to have, uh, you know, reached thousands and thousands of people through spoken word um, live performances and you know recording but it gives me such great joy Mm -hmm. to be able to touch people's lives in ways and you know even now later on as um, when I set up I do the the big Denver March powwow which is at the Coliseum here Mm -hmm. in Denver Mm -hmm. 47 years I Mm -hmm. think or um it's one of the largest ones in the country. I've been setting up and selling my art mm-hmm. um, and my CDs and books there for about 15 years. And I have people, sometimes I get pretty discouraged, you know, because things aren't happening the way I, would, I need them to or I don't have enough money. And I will inevitably, somebody will come up or many will come up. And I've had children come up and tell me what a fan they are of mine and how much I've helped them with the stories. And um, and then teachers come and, you know, people tell me that I was, you know, making a difference. And so it gives me a shot in the arm, like, okay, you can't quit now. You've got to keep moving and, you know, touching as many and more as you can um, to share the story, you know. And I have a question so, because sure. your, culture, your culture is so rich and the way many of the things you referred to in your story here, well, you just say them as if it's nothing, but – I would love to ask you, you said living my path, that that concept is, I think, very important, and it's also very connected to a Native American sensibility. And the other thing you said, well, I spoke to my spirit helpers. Right. You explain <laughs> what a spirit helper is. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, people go, okay, she's got spirit helpers. How do I get a couple of spirit helpers? Right. But I think it's very much Oh, yeah. that, that makes me laugh. Way of looking at the, yes, well, right. I mean, you know, it comes out of the way. You look. So could you explain that a little bit? Okay. Well, spirit helpers uh, are spirit guides. Um, new Ageum has, mm-hmm. has, new Ageum has, has taken it to uh, a different level. 
but the concept is still the simplicity of who they are and where they come from. The way I understand it, the, the, we as um, individuals all have spirit helpers and guides on our earth walk. Um, some Christians will call them guardian angels, and I think guardian angels is a good word as well, but they're not necessarily angels, although I do believe in angels. And um, But the spirit helpers are, sometimes they come uh, different. Some Sometimes they're with us for their entire lifetime. And sometimes we have different mm-hmm. guides that will that will come in when we have a need or a special a special problem, or we're going through a period of of darkness or uncertainty. Um, a spirit guide mm-hmm. will come in that to help us and guide us through that. So if they're kind of like intercessors too, you know, they actually because the great mystery that we call God in my culture in the Lakota way, the great mystery. Um, mm-hmm is all-encompassing, you know, just incredible energy. And so these spirit helpers will intercede to uh, the great mystery, and but we're all connected to him. Each one of us have this light within us uh, connected to the, the great mystery. And my ancestors understood that long before quantum physics has proven that um, living things have energy. We always knew that. I, I was brought up teaching that all things are connected and, um, every living thing has a spirit, <clears throat> and so we can see this. Is the more that we become aware, uh, and with their help, with our spirit helpers. I mean, you can talk to them, um, meditate with them. Um, I talk to mine all the time, and one of the things um, that I'm, I know that's important is to always give gratitude towards them, no matter what it is, and that's giving gratitude to the great mystery. You know that that kind of thing um, of the gratitude and mm-hmm. being grateful is is imperative to well being happy. We invite you and yours to an intimate fourteen day happiness journey to Bhutan, the lost kingdom of happiness, coming in May of two thousand twenty four. Experience the magnificent beauty, magic, and mystery of this ancient culture that calculates the gross national happiness of its people. Happiness, Bhutan style, is an adventure of a lifetime. Go to BhutanLostKingdomTours.com and click on Special Tour Packages to download your itinerary for Being in Love with Life, a happiness journey to Bhutan with Miss Sandra McKnight. And remember, celebrate happiness with Sandra M. Yes, because even when we're not happy or we're having a down day or something we're disappointing, what I've learned, and this is something that my my people did too, my ancestors, and um, it's just a simple, simple reality of giving gratitude for what you do have no matter what it is. I mean, you may not have all the money, you can't pay that bill right now, but you will. But you just ask for help, and then it'll find its way to you. Um, But being grateful is the key, because once you concentrate on the gratitude that you have within your your life, your family, whatever, how small and minute, makes a huge difference and shifts your consciousness. And this is what you want to raise your vibrations and raise your spirit uh, to reach the higher levels to other understanding awareness, 
so we won't be so caught up in materialism because materialism is only temporary. You can't take any of those millions or a dollar, whatever, when you leave the earth. <laughs> you can't take any of that with you. Right. But but what you do take. You can't is what, take it with you. That's right. Mm-hmm. But what you can take with you is your consciousness, your spirit, your heart consciousness. And if that reeks of love and gratitude, then so be it. And even better for you as you move on into the spirit world. I love the concept you just talked about, the heart consciousness. And you take that heart consciousness with you. And my graphic for this happiness, the Celebrate Happiness Roadshow, is a happy heart. And it's beautiful sort of reddish pink happy heart with yellow butterflies going off the side of it so that we're transforming every day as we go through our life, keeping our happy heart and letting it go into the world. That's what that graphic actually symbolizes. And I just think that the Native American approach, as you said before, we understood quantum physics and all the scientific understanding of the world that they are now talking about you your people understood the great mystery which was i love the concept incredible energy everything is it is it boils down to energy period and when we leave the planet we are still energy we just have no body do you feel that is true absolutely. Or not? Yeah. No, yeah. that is absolutely true. Absolutely true. And uh, because there is no death, really, the death of the body. But you know, the spirit mm-hmm. uh, continues on and on. And and the Lakota people also believe in reincarnation of coming back. Um, and I find that interesting. But you know, that's a whole different po- topic with reincarnation. So we won't go there. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. But you have brought up so many wonderful ideas, so many wonderful. I don't know what I don't want to put a word to it, but you're talking about heart consciousness, which is beautiful. You're talking about spirit helpers. You're talking about the great mystery, which is incredible energy, living your path. All of this, to me, adds up to being a happy person a happier person, a person who feels joy in their heart and who can move through life with a a vision of not only being happy themselves, right, and being able to just be at peace with themselves, but also to share that with their what, their family and their community and one by one by one. So mm-hmm. you know, the simplest thing to do is to smile, right? And I just think it's fantastic. <laughs> telling stories to children from eight years old, I mean, right on up and having such a connection with your audiences and your people, going back to that story that you said, medicine wheel colors involves mm-hmm. the you red say, black people, yeah. red yeah. people, mm-hmm. yellow and white, white people. And yeah. Right. And the, mm-hmm. and the, the wonderful thing that has evolved from this uh, that I didn't teach up until recently about the medicine colors is that I realized that not we don't have a pure blood, very few pure blooded uh, ethnicities, not very on this earth anymore in the whole world. I mean, you may in third world countries, um, but in the whole scheme of thing, we're intermarrying, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but the beauty is that each one of those 
like I have red, yellow, and white. My grandson has red, yellow, mm-hmm. black, and white. So he has all four colors. And this is when I discovered, like, oh, my goodness. You know, and I tell the audience this too. I said, you may not have, you may not be pure blood, but whatever you relate to or whatever you're, you know, you gravitate to as far as culturally speaking um, is the one that is the one that you would want to pay attention to. But you have all of the colors of the medicine wheel or some of these colors and those gifts because each one has a gift. See, the white man is keeper of the fire. Mm-hmm. The yellow man is keeper of the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, the black man is keeper of the water. And the white man, uh, the red man is keeper of the earth. So, you know, I, wow. I do, I do and tell everyone how we, we truly are all keepers of the earth, though, because it, it is our responsibility, because she gives us everything that we have, always, ha- always has, and always will, as long as we honor yeah. her. And then that's the problem with the society is that human beings have forgot to honor the earth who gives us life. Yeah. And so this awareness is not just with me. I mean, I'm just a tiny little grain of sand in the universe that has a little light that I'm shining. But there's not just me. There's so many others that are doing so many different things to try to help raise that consciousness and be aware of Earth. Compared to what I first started this in the 90s, I mean, tremendous strides have been taken with um, um, pollution and awareness and I, I don't think it's too late, but we still have a long, long way to go, not only to Earth, because if we could take advantage or take um, the precious care of the Earth, then that ripples into taking care, precious care of our human beings, no matter what the color is. You know, it's, it's so important. And see, my ancestors understood this, the color thing, because we saw the white people come over from the seas long before they actually got here. The visionary, the, the medicine people saw all, all of this, you know, and the simplicity of our yeah. culture and how we lived is basic to mm-hmm. all human beings if they will choose that path. But we've forgotten. So it's people like me and good programming and good podcasts and just good human beings out there, uh, no matter whether you're a performer, you know, or, or whatever it is you do can make a difference, you know, being kind to one another, because that's what we're here for is to take care of each other in the earth. Thank you so much, Red Feather Woman. You have been a fabulous, fabulous guest. I, you know, before we go, I would just ask you, number one, is there a place on your website, redfeatherwoman.com, where people can listen to the Medicine Wheel Color story? There, I have samples of my work. Now, I'm on all the major platforms. So if you have Spotify or iTunes or iHeart or any of those mm-hmm. platforms that are mm-hmm. uh, streaming, you can put in Red Feather Woman and all of my albums will come up. And they will tell you the way that okay. they're listed. It'll tell you if it's a story or a song by the end of the title. Um, so all my work mm-hmm. uh, to, uh, that's been recorded is uh, uh, up for streaming. And you can also order my CDs if you want a hard copy from my website. Um, but, yes, you have samples, but I don't think the, the complete story is not on there. You'll have to listen to that or buy an album or buy the story or that kind of thing, or hire me for a performance, you know. I <laughs> I, uh, I am out there and all kinds of things. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm hoping that we'll be able to perform together and when I get the Celebrate Happiness Roadshow produced, and that will be wonderful. Yes, ma'am. Yes. So 
I think we've come to the end. Did you have any last words of wisdom for us? <laughs> no, um, no. but thank you so much for allowing me to be uh, part of uh, your podcast. And, and um, I want all people to know that you all are, are special and have gifts of your own. And just look within and call upon your spirit helpers to guide and direct you. They, they will. Um, they definitely will. You just have to be aware and watch and listen. And visit my website at redfeatherwoman.com. <laughs> yes, redfeatherwoman.com. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Weekly Keys to Happiness, number 18, create a self-care ritual. It's easy to forget self-care in our fast-paced world since your body is your temple and carries your thoughts, passions, and spirit through the world. It deserves a little TLC. No matter what you enjoy, it relaxes you. Make time for it. Put it in your planner if you must, but do it. Please sign up for your personal copy of our Keys to Happiness at SandraMcKnight.com. Thank you for tuning in to the Celebrate Happiness Roadshow. And if you enjoyed the conversation, please help spread the word by sharing this podcast with your friends and family. Before I go, I'd like to thank today's guest, Red Feather Woman, for sharing her happiness story. And to share your happiness story on the Celebrate Happiness Roadshow podcast, send an email to Sandra at SandraMcKnight.com. Turn your smile on, you can't go wrong. You'll find that love.